Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nugget, food for thought and for the imagination. We left off yesterday, if you joined us, as uh, uh, we've been talking about the crucifixion, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we left off in the garden where Mary Magdalene uh, has her encounter with Jesus. Uh, at first, uh, she had gone and uh, uh, to, to look and to see, and, and, and the body uh, had been taken away. To her assumption, she didn't know that Jesus had arisen. And she meets someone thinking it's the gardener. And she doesn't recognize him until he mentions her name, Mary. Then all of a sudden she realizes her eyes are open and she can behold and see Jesus in the form that he was in. We talked about Jesus being in the form of God in Philippians Philippians in chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 6 onward. Uh, we talked about uh, Jesus being in the form of man, uh, born of a woman, uh, according to Galatians chapter 4 also. And now we find that Jesus is in a form that even though he's 100% man, his body is now a glorified body. So Jesus, who sat in heaven as the word of God, uh, being in the form of God, possessed his body in such a way that that was the body that he had. But when he was born of a woman, according to the book of Hebrews and the book of Psalms, uh, a body thou hast prepared for me. So he dwelt and he lived in that body, even though he was 100% God, he was also 100% man at the same, same time. And then when he dies and he is buried and rises from the dead, his resurrected body takes on another form. Uh, it's not a, a a spirit floating around somewhere uh, without a body, like, like let's say, uh, demons that don't have a body uh, and are looking for a body to possess. But Jesus now had a body that was glorified and only to whom he revealed and unveiled himself were they able to actually see him and Jesus did this purposely so that they could recognize that he was alive. He showed himself alive after his passion to about 500 uh, individuals, according to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul talked about this is the message that I preach. It's the, the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. And where there was about 500 witnesses when he was taken from the mount up into heaven and had gave him the orders uh, tarry in Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high and the scripture says that by the time that the Holy Spirit descended upon them 10 days later there was 120 of them in the upper room so it's during this time that Jesus that 40 day period that he was here on earth appearing and manifesting himself to individuals in his glorified body. Uh, we had made mention that he had uh, manifested himself uh, to Peter when they were out there fishing. He manifested himself to the two individuals on the road to Emmaus. Now, in the Old Testament, there was manifestations of, of Christ in another shape uh, 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 or form, 
in, in theological terms, they call them theophanies. That means when there was an appearance of Theo, meaning God, and of course, uh, uh, he would appear in a certain way, and he was recognized, not as the Son of God, of course, but recognized as someone else. And in this case, uh, he would appear him appear as the angel of the Lord. That doesn't mean he was an angel, but the word angel means messenger. He was the messenger of the Lord. And of course, uh, we see him appearing to Joshua in chapter 5, in verse 19, appearing to him as the captain of the Lord of hosts. The scripture goes on to say, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are thou for us or our adversary? So he was able to see him as a warrior, uh, as a real individual, even though it was a manifestation of what, what they call a theophany, of Christ in a form appearing here on this earth in the Old Testament. And he said, talking about the angel of the Lord or the captain of the host, no, but as captain of the armies of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell upon his face to the earth and did worship. Now, nobody is to be worshipped except, except God, not even angels. Uh, the apostle John, when he's in heaven, uh, he falls down to uh, worship uh, one of the angels or a messenger. And he is told to get up that, you know, he can't do that. And so the 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 captain of the Lord of Horse says unto him, what, uh, what saith my Lord unto his servant? All of a sudden... Joshua is at that uh, humbled point where he's ready to serve, recognized immediately that he needed to worship. And then in verse 15, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy, loose thy shoe from thy feet, for the place whereupon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, we have the encounter of when Moses had his encounter uh, with the Lord at the burning bush. In that case, the, the manifestation was very different. Uh, it was like in the form of a, for a burning bush. He saw the fire, heard the voice. Uh, but yet throughout their, their, their journey in the wilderness, uh, the manifestation of, of, of God in their lives was as a pillar of fire, uh, up at the mountain, Mount Sinai, uh, it was thunder and lightning and darkness. And, of course, the presence of the Lord was behind all that. M meaning that we sometimes fail to uh, understand. It, it, we, we lock God into some traditional idea or something. And, and then we fail to understand that God can do what He wants to do, how He wants to do it. And when He comes and manifests himself to our lives, we don't recognize him. I've taught and I've mentioned before concerning Samuel. 
when the Lord spoke unto Samuel and manifested himself unto him in the way that he did, Samuel recognized the Lord as Eli's voice. The Lord was speaking unto Samuel, and the voice that Samuel heard and understood sounded like the voice of Eli. And three times he got up to go to Eli and said, I'm here. And Eli said, but I didn't call you. So Eli finally tells him, the next time that you hear the voice, tell him, here I am, Lord. You know, your servant is listening. I uh, uh, speak. Uh, tell me what you want me to do. So we see here that uh, Joshua fell down and he, he, he worshiped and he receives instruction. So when we go back to the New Testament and, and, and uh, uh, we find the two individuals on the road to Emmaus, let's look at that story a little bit. Let's look at another manifestation of, of, of Christ. Of course, in the, in the New Testament, they don't call it a, a, a theophany, they call it a, a Christophany. Uh, that that's that's an appearance of Christ, the the anointed one. It says in Luke twenty four verse nineteen, and he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all people. And verse twenty. It says, And how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Which they did. Verse 21, But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Now, here's the interesting thing. Notice the confession of these two individuals. They said, we trusted that it would have been him. In other words, he would be the Messiah and he would redeem. He would deliver Israel from all the bondages that it had been under all the different uh, kingdoms and uh they still didn't understand. And then they go and top it off by saying in verse 22, Yes, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found not his body, they came saying that they also have seen a vision of angels which said that he is alive. So angels here were present in the tomb. Angels were present outside the tomb when the stone was rolled away. Angels were involved in all of this. And uh, they call it a vision. This is how they describe uh, them having seen these things. Almost like if... It really wasn't real. It was something that was just a vision that they, they they were having. Well, if your eyes are fully open and you're looking at something and you're allowed, yes, it can be called a, an open vision. But nonetheless, these women saw these angels. The angels told them that he was alive, that he was not in the grave. And of course, we saw that Mary Magdalene, uh, had her encounter with Jesus when he calls her name, uh, Mary, and, and she recognizes him at that point. 
Now, in verse 24, it says, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so. And the women said, But him they saw not. So they saw the angels, but they didn't see Jesus. Verse 25, Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken, slow of heart to believe. Remember, they believed that he was the Messiah to redeem Israel to be a warrior, just like he had manifested himself as the captain of the Lord of hosts to Joshua to help them fight. Here they thought that he would have appeared and had come to deliver them from the bondage that they were under Rome. But that was not the case. They failed to understand, even after Christ personally had taught and spoken unto them, and no different than us today, many a times uh, the Holy Spirit comes into our life. He's trying to teach us something, and yet we still don't grasp it. We still don't get it. And as a patient uh, teacher, over and over, he brings the instruction and the word that is necessary to lead us and to guide us. But sometimes, just like they were, we're slow of heart to believe all that has been spoken by the prophets, what has been written in the scripture. And Jesus says in verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So here we have once again the connection that the prophets spoke of his suffering, they spoke of his coming glory, and the gap that was going to be in between. And of course, there is, uh, in this one scripture alone, there is the golden nugget of Christ, the, the Messiah, the anointed one, having to suffer these things. But at the same time, that he would enter into his glory. And he began the 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 lord began to teach uh these disciples as they were walking he says in verse 27 and beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself that's where jesus found himself in the scripture as i've mentioned many a times have you found yourself in the word of god specifically and especially in the New Testament, where it's written of you. And they drew nigh unto the village and where uh, where they were going, and he made as though he would have gone further. And that is many times, it looked like the Lord has just departed. He's, he's going, and you know, I was having a, a, a little bit of time with him. But they constrained him and say, abide with us. Uh, they asked him to stay with them, to continue with them. Uh, for it was towards evening, and the day was far spent, and he went in and tarried with them. So we have to, when he is knocking at the door of our heart, open the door for that intimate fellowship and communion. Or we'll miss it. He comes in in the form of the Word of God to us. And He speaks to our heart by and through the Holy Spirit. And we don't say to Him, Lord, come, continue, continue, stay. 
join us for bread, join us for a meal, join us for intimate fellowship. Instead, we go, okay, Lord, well, well, thank you for that word. I'm busy, got to go to work, I got to go do this, I got to go do that. And all of a sudden, we miss what he had for us at that moment. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination, and don't miss what the Lord has for you this very day. In Jesus' name, amen.